ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with our study of Sharh al-Sunnah of Imam al-Barbahari, rahimahullah ta'ala, we've now reached the section where Imam al-Barbahari, he says, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الشَّرَّ وَالْخَيْرَ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَقَدَرِهِ Know that with the decree and predestination of Allah, Know that the bad and the good, all of the affairs are by the decree and the predestination of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh Rabia says, Ala kulli hal al-imanu bil-qadari takallamna alayhi fi ma mada. The Shaykh says, regarding the decree, we've already spoken previously about the decree. We've spoken about the Iman of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah, about the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the predestination that is mentioned, the preordainment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding His creation. So this section now is just following on from that previous section about the decree. The decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Arada hadhi al-juz'iyya annama yusibu al-mu'minu kulluhu biqada'illahi wa qadarihi. The shaykh says that in this section now when al-imam al-barbahari says that all of the good and the bad, everything is from the decree of Allah. Meaning that a person perhaps Allah a'lam, he understands that whenever any difficulty may occur to him, some hardship may occur to him, then that difficulty or hardship or whatever it may be, it is all from the decree of Allah. That a person must understand all of this is from the decree of Allah, everything which takes place. فَيَكُونُ قَصْدُهُ يَعْنِي أَنَّ الْمَصَائِبَ إِنَّمَا تَقَعُ بِمَشِئَةِ اللَّهِ وَبِتَقْدِيرِهِ so perhaps the intent of Imam al-Barbahari here was to highlight that even these difficulties or whatever hardships may occur to you, then all of those are from within the decree of Allah by the will of Allah. Because nothing can occur within this creation except by the will of Allah. Nothing can occur within this creation except by the will of Allah. And that is... One of the pillars of Iman and tu'mina bil qadari khayrihi wa sharri that you have Iman in the decree, it's good and it's bad. So you realize that even if something difficult occurred, some hardship occurred, that this is from the decree of Allah, and so therefore you must remain patient. You must remain patient upon whatever hardship it may be, whatever overcomes you, it may be in your health. Your health deteriorates. It could be in your wealth, your money, your finances, something occurs to it. 
It could be in your family, some difficulty occurs. But whenever these affairs, they take place, then you realize all of this is still from the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so a person remains patient upon that. Allah said in the Quran, مَا أَصَابَ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ That there is no calamity or uh, affliction which occurs upon the earth, nor in of yourselves, except that it is in the kitab, i.e. it is in the decree, the preserved tablet. مِن قَبْلِ أَن نَبْرَأَهَا Before Allah created that, before that affair it was created, it was already written down and recorded in the preserved tablet. As we said, all of the decree of everything which is to occur, it was written down in the preserved tablet 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. Similarly, Allah said in the Quran, وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَحْصَيْنَاهُ فِي إِمَامٍ مُبِينٍ That everything we have enumerated it in the Imam Mubin, that is the preserved tablet, اللوح المحفوظ so again, another ayah highlighting how everything is written and recorded in that preserved tablet. Allah wrote down the decree of everything before He even created those things by 50,000 years. So everything which has occurred everything which has ever happened in history and everything which will occur in the future all of it is by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nothing occurs in this creation any movement any affair except by the will of Allah and by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is something that we already discussed previously regarding the decree of Allah. Then the next point he mentions, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْبُرُوجَ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَقَدَرِهِ In some of the texts of Sharh al-Sunnah of Imam al-Barbahari, it says the word al-Buruj. And in other texts, it says the same as before, the same as before, al-Sharh wal-Khayr. Yani, wa'alam anna al-Buruja biqadaillahi wa qadari, hadihi al-kalima al-Buruj, waradat hakada fi ba'ad al-tabaat, wa waradat fi tabaat in ukhra, al-Sharh wal-Khayr. Yani, wa'alam anna al-Sharh wal-Khayr biqadaillahi wa qadari. وَقَدْ شَرَحَهُ الشَّيْخِ فِي مَا سَبَقَ So that is uh, mentioned Al-Buruj in this particular section but the footnotes they highlight that this particular word Al-Buruj i.e. the stars the stars and that which is within the skies in other texts it just says the decree but even the Buruj if it is meaning by that the stars then of course that is by the decree of Allah too, that Allah created the stars. And we know in some narrations Allah mentioned to us that He created the stars for three purposes, or that there are three affairs which are linked to the creation of the stars. One of them as a beautification of the sky. Another one of them that they are signals or signs for people to guide themselves via 
For example, the sailors when they go out on the oceans, they can guide their ships via the direction of where the stars are. And similarly that they are shooting stars for the shayateen who climb on each other's backs to try to steal some information from the heavens. So all of these are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way that the stars they move, the way that the moon it moves, the way that it starts small and it becomes big and it goes small, and the way that they rise and set, all of these affairs, then they are by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here as Shaykh Rabia, he goes on to explain that the stars are created and there are these three purposes behind them. Firstly, al-awwal, zinatun lis-sama. Qala ta'ala, inna zayyanna as-sama'a al-dunya bizinatin al-kawakim. That indeed we have beautified the sky with the beautification of the stars. The second, al-thani, wa'alamat wa bin-najmi hum yahtadun. That they seek guidance of their roots and the north and the south etc east and the west depending on where the stars are يعني هذه من الحكمة يستفيدون منها ويعرفون بها الطريق في المسالك البرية يعرفون بها يعني الطرق في البحر والاتجاهات هذه من الحكمة التي خلق الله النجوم من أجلها so the people they can guide themselves they know where the north star the south the east the west is and you can use the stars to guide yourselves uh, to the different directions. الثالثة رجوما للشياطين That they have also been created as uh, pellets, uh, as uh, stonings against the shayateen. Meaning that when the shayateen, they climb each other's backs, as it is mentioned in some narrations. They climb on top of each other, on top of each other, they continue, they continue up until they get to the heavens. And then the one right at the top, they listen to see if they can hear any information that they can steal. And sometimes they manage to do it. And they pass it on to the one below them, who passes it on to the one below them, who passes it on to the one below them. Until that stolen information comes right down to the bottom one who runs to the magicians and the sorcerers. And he gives them that information. Then the magicians and the sorcerers mix that truth with lies upon lies, mixed with a hundred lies. And then they give that to the people and the people, they believe them because out of those hundred statements or many, many statements, one of them comes true. But sometimes those shayateen who are climbing on top of each other's backs, they are hit by the shooting stars before they manage to pass on any information. So these are the uh, reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or some of the wisdoms behind why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the stars. As for what some people they believe that the stars they can have an impact on our worldly lives. So they engage in things like star signs. And they talk about Sagittarius and they talk about Capricorn and all of the different star signs. And they say that if you are a particular star sign, read them and this will happen to you, that will happen to you. All of that is incorrect. It is haram to read those star signs. This is impermissible and this is not from the religion of Islam. Rather it is a type of shirk, it is a type of deficiency in your tawheed to be believing that the stars can have an impact 
upon the decree or they can have an impact upon the worldly affairs. So those types of things regarding the stars and the star signs and the movement of the stars, how they can impact their uh, worldly uh, activities, then it is not permissible. It is not permissible to believe in that, that the stars can have an impact upon these types of affairs on the worldly activities. Then after that, Al-Imam Al-Barbahari, he says, وَالْإِيمَانُ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى هُوَ الَّذِي كَلَّمَ مُوسَى إِبْنَ عِمْرَانَ يَوْمَ الطُّورِ وَمُوسَى يَسْمَعُ مِنَ اللَّهِ الْكَلَامِ بِصَوْتٍ وَقَعَ فِي مَسَامِعِهِ مِنْهُ لَا مِنْ غَيْرِهِ فَمَنْ قَالَ غَيْرَ هَذَا فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ To have iman, to have faith, that it was Allah, the Blessed and the Most High, who spoke to Musa, the son of Imran, on the day of Mount Tur. That on the day of Mount Tur, it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who spoke to Musa alayhi salam. And Musa heard Allah's speech, a voice which he heard from him, not from other than him. Musa salam heard from the voice of Allah. He who says other than this has disbelieved in Allah the sublime. Anybody who claims that Musa salam did not hear Allah and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not speak to Musa salam then that is disbelieving in the Qur'an and that is disbelief. So this is from the aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Naam, min aqaidi Ahl Sunnah anna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yatakallamu mata sha'a wa idha sha'a. It is from the belief of Ahl Sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks whenever He pleases, however He pleases. Allah speaks whenever He pleases, however He pleases. وَيَتَكَلَّمُ أَزَلًا وَأَبَدًا And Allah speaks always and whenever, beginning to end, whenever that may be, Allah is the one who is attributed with this attribute of speech. And that's why it says in the Qur'an, قُلْ لَوْ كَانَ الْبَحْرُ مِدَادًا لِكَلِمَاتِ رَبِّي لَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَن تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَاتُ رَبِّي وَلَوْ جِئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا that say if the ocean, the sea was ink, if the ocean or the sea was ink for the words of your Lord, for the words of my Lord, the ocean or the sea would run out before the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if we came with another ocean the same size. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks whenever, however He pleases. And this example is given to show you that even the ocean, two oceans of ink, they would run out. And Allah's speech is greater than that. So Allah speaks forever, whenever. This is an attribute of Allah, whenever He pleases to speak in the past, the present, the future. And Allah speaks whenever He wants, if He wants, whenever He wants. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an, إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُنْ 
that indeed his affair is such that if he wants something to occur, he says be and it is. He says be kun fayakun. He says be and it is. وَهُوَ يَخْلُقُ بِهَذَا الْكَلَامِ So Allah creates with this speech in saying be and it is kun fayakun. وَيُنزِلُ بِهَذَا الْكَلَامِ الشَّرَائِعِ And Allah has caused the revelation to come down through this speech of Allah. وَيَتَكَلَّمُ يَسْمَعُهُ جِبْرِيلُ وَيَسْمَعُهُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And when Allah speaks, the angels, they hear him. And Jibreel alayhi salam hears Allah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, وَسَمِعَهُ مُوسَى And Musa alayhi salam heard Allah when Allah spoke to Musa. وَسَمِعَهُ مُحَمَّدْ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ سَلَّمْ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْمِعْرَاجِ and as we've already mentioned, the Prophet wasallam heard Allah when Allah spoke to him on the night of Al-Isra wal Mi'raj, when the Prophet was taken up to the heavens. إِذْ كَانَ يَسْعُدُ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ وَيَهْبِطُ إِلَى مُوسَىٰ وَاللَّهُ يَشْرَعُ لَهُ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ خَمْسِينَ ثُمَّ يَحُطُّ عَنْهُ عَشْرًا ثُمَّ عَشْرًا ثُمَّ عَشْرًا إِلَىٰ أَنْ وَصَلَتْ إِلَىٰ خَمْسٍ فَكَلَّمَهُ تَبَارَكَ فَكَلَّمَ فَكَلَّمَهُ اللَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى بِكَلَامٍ يَلِيقُ بِذَاتِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So on that night of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, Allah spoke to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and he commanded him with the prayers. And then when the Prophet sallallahu went back to Musa alayhi and he said it's too much, then the Prophet sallallahu returned to Allah and it was decreased and decreased until it came down to five prayers. So Allah spoke to the Prophet sallallahu uh, and the Prophet ﷺ heard Allah. However, what we have to say is, and you have to remember with all of the names and attributes of Allah, we do not know the description of how Allah speaks. We cannot imagine how Allah speaks. You cannot imagine that. We do not know how Allah's attributes are. We know that Allah spoke... And Allah speaks, and that the prophets heard Musa Muhammad the angels they hear, but we do not know of the description of how Allah speaks. That is not within our knowledge. Rather, within our knowledge is we know that Allah speaks, and we know that the angels hear Allah. We know the prophets heard Allah. We know that Musa heard Allah, and that is our belief. And there's a hadith which says, مَا مِنْ عَبْدٍ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ إِلَّا سَيُكَلِّمُهُ اللَّهِ أَوْ سَيُكَلِّمُهُ رَبُّهُ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ تَرْجُمَانِ That there is not a single servant except that on the day of judgment Allah will speak to him and there will be no translator or interpreter between Allah and that person. So every person will be spoken to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَتَكَلَّمَ بِالْوَحِي فَزِعَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ يَسْمَعُونَ قَوْلَهُ كَأَنَّهُ سِلْسِلَةٍ عَلَى صَفْوَانِ It is mentioned in a hadith that when Allah speaks the revelation, that it is like a chain which is dragged upon a smooth rock, the sound that it makes, and everybody becomes in a state of awe, that everybody becomes in a state of amazement and awe and fright. And uh, uh, being uh, shocked or amazed when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the heavens. And that is a hadith which speaks about that. And they fall unconscious. And then when Jibreel alayhi salam comes, they say to him, Mada qala rabbuka? And Jibreel alayhi salam says, qala al-haq wa huwa al-kabir. He spoke the truth and he is the most high, the greatest. So we do not know how 
we can't imagine how Allah speaks, but it is our aqeedah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, because we know laysa kamithlihi shayd, there is nothing like Allah, so we cannot compare anyone or anything to Allah, we cannot compare how we speak or how anybody else speaks to how Allah speaks. There is no comparison and there is no imagination of how that occurs. But we know that it occurs. And that is the same with all of the names and attributes of Allah. We believe in all of the attributes of Allah upon the suitable way. The suitable, uh, what is suitable to the majesty and the greatness of Allah. And we do not give any comparisons or resemblances to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is as Allah mentioned, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ He is one. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُلَدْ Later on about him not giving birth to anyone or being begotten by anyone. Uh, after that also mentioning that he has no partner. In Surah Al-Ikhlas it gives you those details of Allah being the one and the only one with no partners, no participants. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ they say that he is Allah the one. He is Allah the one without any partners, without any uh, resemblances, without anybody participating with him. So that's why it's termed as Surah Al-Ikhlas, the Surah of Sincerity, of Purifying Tawheed to Allah. So there is no comparison that can be made. There is no resemblance that can be made. Anything that you imagine regarding Allah, it is not correct. Anything which you imagine how Allah could be, it is not correct. Your imagination cannot imagine how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So here we've read this section now regarding the speech of Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa alayhi salam. And there are other ayat in the Quran which prove this too. In Surah An-Nisa 164. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَىٰ تَكْلِيمًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa alayhi salam with speech in reality. Allah spoke to Musa alayhi salam in reality with speech, with a voice that was heard by Musa alayhi salam. So, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَىٰ تَكْلِيمًا uh, and so this ayah, it proves again that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certainly spoke to Musa alayhi salam. But the people of deviation, they refuse to accept this. There are many from the people of deviation, from the people of misguidance, who refuse to accept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. They refuse to accept this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that is from the people of innovation, Ahlul Bid'ah, the people of deviance, the people of innovation, and that is known from the times of past. The Salaf refuted those people. In the olden times from the Salaf, the books of the Salaf, you will see how much importance they gave to refute those people who were making mistakes in Aqeedah. So they wrote books full books just on refutation of those people in the wrong aqeedah full books not just a chapter in a book a full book sometimes they wrote refuting those people of innovation because of their wrong aqeedah because the very basis of a muslim's belief is the correct aqeedah so if the aqeedah is wrong then that is a dangerous affair it's a very dangerous problem 
So the Salaf and the great scholars, they gave very much importance to clarifying the correct Aqeedah and refuting the false Aqeedah. So they used to write full books refuting those people of innovation who were trying to spread the wrong Aqeedah, trying to reject the names and attributes of Allah or misinterpret the names and attributes of Allah. And this is also explained because the idols of the mushrikeen, did they used to speak or did they not used to speak? The idols of the mushrikeen and the idols that were worshipped at the time of Ibrahim alayhi salam, they did not used to speak. And that's why Ibrahim alayhi salam used that as one of the evidences against them. He said, why do you worship these idols and they cannot even speak? They can't even say anything, they can't even speak. How can they be gods that you worship them? Meaning that a true deity who is deserving to be worshipped has to be someone who speaks. How can your god be somebody who doesn't speak? So Ibrahim refuted them for that. It's in the Quran, he said to them, How can you worship these deities and they do not hear you and they do not speak? They can't speak, how can they be gods? So that is also something which shows that from the perfection the perfection is that the speech be an attribute. Not that somebody be uh, mute. If you are mute, you're unable to speak. How can that be perfection? How can that be praiseworthy that you're unable to speak? So the perfection is in speech. So we affirm this attribute to Allah with all the evidences that Allah speaks. And it is mentioned that Allah speaks with sounds, with, a, vo- with the, uh, a voice which is heard, which can be heard, and sounds and letters that can be heard, and that is understood from the Aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah. As for the groups of deviation, again, some of the people of innovation, they refuse to accept that. The Ashairah and other groups, they say Allah doesn't actually speak with a, an actual uh, voice or a sound which can be heard, they're not actual letters that can be understood. Instead, they make up all types of other false aqidah. They say, for example, that Allah didn't actually speak. Jibreel was able to understand what was intended by Allah without Allah actually speaking. That Allah placed the meanings of that into the heart of Jibreel or placed the meanings of that into the self of Jibreel without Allah actually speaking. And they make up all types of stories of that nature all types of false aqeedah, the reality is Allah spoke and Allah speaks and this is one of the attributes of Allah. Then after that, the next section that we have is وَالْعَقْلُ مَوْلُودُ أُعْطِيَ كُلُّ إِنسَانٍ مِنَ الْعَقْلِ مَا أَرَادَ اللَّهِ يَتَفَاوَتُونَ فِي الْعُقُولِ مِثْلُ ذَرَّ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَيَطْلَبُ مِنْ كُلِّ إِنسَانٍ مِنَ الْعَمْلِ عَلَى قَدْرِ مَا أَعْطَاهُ مِنَ الْعَقْلِ وَلَيْسَ الْعَقْلِ بِاكْتِسَابٍ إِنَّمَا هُوَ فَضْلٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى Intellect Intellect is born or is inborn Intellect is something natural Intellect is something naturally in you inborn Every person is given the intellect that Allah wills. They vary in intellect. Everybody varies in intellect. Just like a speck at various heights in the heavens. Meaning there are differences in the levels of intellect of everybody. 
action is sought from each person in accordance with the intellect he has been given. You are required to do your actions in accordance to the level of intellect you've been given. Intellect is not acquired. Rather, it is a blessing from Allah, the blessed and most high. So when he says, Al-Aqlu Mawlood, that the intellect is something naturally given to you, meaning it is something created by Allah. Allah has created your intellect, يعني أنه مخلوق. فهناك من الفلاسفة من يقول إن العقل خالق. Why does Imam Al-Barbahari mention this here? Because there are some philosophers, some philosophers who claim that your intellect is a creator in of itself. Your intellect is a creator in of itself. But the reality is your intellect is created. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created each and one of you, your intellect that is naturally inborn into you. Uh, as for the philosophers, they came about with all types of speech regarding how the intellect is a, a creator in itself and that the intellect has ability in of itself. And they mention all types of deviances. The reality is your intellect is another one of the creations of Allah that Allah has created for you and has given to every person. And that's what the Imam says next. Every person is given from the intellect. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted for that person. Every person is given from the intellect whatever Allah desires for them. So somebody's intellect may be such that it leads them to disbelief. Other people, their intellect Allah has given them that they see the evidences and they accept. And they are guided by accepting the messages and the revelations of the prophets and the messengers and following upon that guidance and believing in Allah, believing in the paradise, believing in the revelations and the angels and the fire and the legislations. So the intellects are different. يَتَفَاوَتُونَ فِي الْعُقُولِ the people are different in their intellects. يَتَفَاوَتُونَ فِي الْعُقُولِ لَا شَكَّ أَنَّ نَاسًا عِنْدَهُمْ عُقُولَ عَظِيمًا وَلَا سَيِّمَ عُقُولُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عَلَيْهِمْ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ Some people, their intellects are great. Some people, their intellects are great at a high level. Especially, for example, the intellects of the prophets and the messengers. The intellects of the prophets and the messengers are of a great level. ثُمَّ مَنْ يَلِيهِمْ Then those who come after the prophets and messengers. ثُمَّ مَنْ يَلِيهِمْ Then those who come after them. وَهُنَاكَ أُنَاسُونِ ذُلُّونَ حَتَّى يَكُونُ أَحَطْ مِنَ الْأَنْعَامِ And there may be some people, they are so misguided that it's as if their intellects are even lower than animals. So people are different in their levels of intellects. And there's an example given regarding a speck of dust or a speck within the heavens, how it is of different levels floating. And this indicates how the levels of intellect of the people are of different levels. Some of them very high like prophets and messengers. Some may be so misguided that they are even worse than the animals. وَيُطْلَبُ مِن كُلِّ إِنسَانٍ مِنَ الْعَمَلِ عَلَىٰ قَدَرِ مَا أَعْطَاهُ مِنَ الْعَقَلِ And every person is required to do the actions in accordance to the level of intellect he has been given. فِي طَبْعَةٍ مِنَ الْعَمَلِ وَفِي أُخْرَىٰ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ 
يحتمل هذا وهذا there is one print of this book where it says يطلب من كل إنسان من العلم على قدر ما أعطاه من العقل that every person is required to be upon knowledge in accordance to the level of intellect they've been given in this version it says every person is required to do the level of actions in accordance to the level of intellect they've been given so it's possible the intent here was knowledge or the intent was actions because actions are obviously built upon knowledge which is built upon your intellect the level of intellect you have then the level of knowledge you gain and the level of actions you can do وَلَيْسَ الْعَقْلُ The mind وَلَيْسَ الْعَقْلُ Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala خَلَقَ هَذَا الْعَقْلِ لِلْعُقَلَاءِ وَجَعَلَ فِي قَابِلِيَّةٍ يَسْتَفِيدُ بِهَا الْعِلْمُ وَالْخِبِرَاتِ So this mind, this intellect, Allah has given it to us and this عقل, it is not بِكْتِسَاب It is not something that you can gain for yourself It is not something you can create for yourself this aql is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Allah has created this mind, has created this intellect, and has given every person the level of intellect they have, and you are required to use that intellect you've been given, that blessing from Allah to learn the religion of Allah, to learn the obediences, to learn the aqidah, to learn the tawheed, and to be able to use that knowledge then to practice the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So خلق الله فيه غريزة ثم هيئها لتلقي العلوم والاستفادة من الخبرات والاستفادة من التجارب حتى يتكامل سنة الله في الأشياء كما أن جسده يقبل النمو كذلك عقله يقبل النمو. So your mind it has been given to you by Allah it is not something you can acquire but your mind it learns your intellect it learns you learn more and more and more. And so your intellect, it takes in more and more knowledge. So it expands in that way. Just like your body, it grows and it expands. Your intellect grows and it expands through all of the knowledge that you gain. So this is a blessing from Allah. From among the greatest of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these intellects and these minds, these intellects and these minds of yours, they are useless if Allah did not send down the revelation to us. The revelation is what you use your intellects and minds on to understand the revelation, to understand the religion, to practice that religion. Without the revelation, without those uh, guidances, then your intellect, what are you going to do with it? Nothing. So the usefulness of your intellect is there to learn the religion. If there was no revelation, then these minds and intellects of yours do nothing for you. So a person must understand this blessing and use that mind and intellect. Use that mind and intellect to the proper purposes, which is to learn the Quran and the Sunnah, and to learn the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that he may practice that religion. The next section then, the Imam says, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ فَضَّلَ الْعِبَادَ بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضِ فِي الدِّينِ وَالدُّنْيَا عَدْلًا مِنْهُ لَا يُقَالُ جَارًا وَلَا حَابِي فَمَنْ قَالْ إِنَّ فَضْلَ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِ وَالْكَافِرِ سَوَاءَ فَهُوَ صَاحِبُ بِدْعَةً بَلْ فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ الْمُؤْمِنَ عَلَى الْكَافِرِ وَالطَّائِعِ عَلَى الْعَاصِي وَالْمَعْصُومِ عَلَى الْمَخْذُولِ 
عدلا منه هو فضله يعطيه من يشاء ويمنعه من يشاء know that Allah has given excellence Allah has given excellence to the servants some of them over others some of them have been given more favor and excellence over others in the religion and in the worldly affairs and Allah has done that justly with justice with justice Allah has given some people a greater level of excellence and favor than other people from the justice of Allah it is not to be said that he acts unjustly or shows undue favor whoever says that Allah has blessed the believer and the disbeliever equally is an innovator Allah hasn't blessed the believers and the disbelievers equally rather Allah has granted excellence to the believer over the disbeliever to the obedient person over the sinner to the innocent over the despicable all of that doing so justly it is his bounty which he grants to whomsoever he pleases and withholds from whomsoever he pleases so no doubt Allah has given precedence to some people over others a great example of that is obviously the prophets and the messengers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored and given excellence to the prophets and the messengers over the other people similarly the truthful ones the siddiqun Allah has given them excellence and precedence over the other people the martyrs similarly and the righteous similarly and they are the scholars from amongst them are the scholars Allah has given all of these people virtue and excellence and raised them in rank and that is just as Allah said those are the messengers whom we have favored some over others some over others we have favored so even the prophets and the messengers are different levels some of them have more status and more excellence than others and the scholars the same thing the scholars are of different levels some of them have more excellence than others and the righteous people and the servants of Allah they all differ some are greater in their status and some are lower so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the people various levels of favor various levels of excellence and that differs between the people and all of that is justice from Allah it cannot be said that there is any injustice if one person has been given less excellence than another person it cannot be said that this is injustice rather by the justice and the uh, mercy and the wisdom of Allah Allah has given excellence to some servants over others like the prophets and the messengers over the other normal people and the martyrs over the others and the righteous ones and the truthful ones over the others because these are great praiseworthy characteristics the prophets and messengers were given the revelation the salihun the righteous people are following the commandments of Allah the martyrs in the path of Allah the siddiqun those who are truthful they cling on to the truth and they do not lie and they do not speak ill rather they speak the truth and that is a praiseworthy characteristic and these are the characteristics of Ahlul Sunnah these are the characteristics of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah that these are the types of traits that they should be upon as for a person who goes against these traits a person who does not behave upon piety and righteousness he does not behave upon truthfulness then they are characteristics of the munafiqeen as the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا حَدَّثَ كَذَبْ 
When a person speaks, he lies. That is a characteristic which is not from these. It's the opposite of these. They are the characteristics of the munafiqeen. So here Allah favors these people because of their righteous and good characteristics. These righteous and good characteristics and these people are favored by Allah and given excellence by Allah. As for those who do the opposite, they lie and they are not truthful and they are not righteous and they are not pious, then they are not being given the excellence and the favor as the ones who do these actions. They are doing actions of nifaq. They are doing actions of hypocrisy. So there's a difference between the people in the levels and that is from the justice and the wisdom of Allah. فَمَنْ قَالَ إِنَّ فَضْلَ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الْكَافِرِ سَوَافَهُ وَصَاحِبُ Whoever says that the virtue of Allah, the mercy of Allah, the virtue of Allah upon all of the people is the same, believers and non-believers, then that person is an innovator. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no doubt, He gives a greater virtue to the believers, a greater virtue to the believers over and above the non-believers. Allah gives a greater virtue to the believers over and above the non-believers. And similarly, Allah gives a greater virtue to the people who are obedient over the people who are sinners and wrongdoers and to the people who are uh, the people who are upon the righteousness and innocence over the people who are upon despicable behavior. Those people on righteousness and truthfulness have greater excellence, no doubt. So you cannot say that a disbeliever and a believer are the same. Rather, the believer is superior and has a greater excellence over the disbeliever. Then the Imam says, وَلَا يَحِلُّ أَن تَكْتُمَ النَّصِيحَ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ بَرِّهِمْ وَفَاجِرِهِمْ فِي أَمْرِ الدِّينِ فَمَنْ كَتَمَ فَقَدْ غَشَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَمَنْ غَشَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَقَدْ غَشَّ الدِّينَ وَمَنْ غَشَّ الدِّينَ فَقَدْ خَانَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ This is a very important section now. He says, it is not permissible to hide sincere advice from any of the Muslims. It is not permissible to hide sincere advice from any of the Muslims, whether pious or not pious. Those people, whether they are pious or they are not pious, you cannot stop giving them good advice in matters of the religion. Whoever hides this advice that has acted, he has acted in a deceitful way towards the Muslims. If you hide the good advice to the Muslims, then you are being deceitful towards them. Whoever acts deceitfully to the Muslims has done so towards the religion. If you're being deceitful to the other Muslims, it's as if you're being deceitful to religion of Islam. Whoever acts deceitfully to the religion of Islam or to the religion has behaved treacherously towards Allah and towards his messenger and towards the believers. So this is now talking about the issue of advising. That with advice, it is not permissible for a person to hide or to conceal the advice. To hide or to conceal the advice. Rather, a person who is requiring this advice, then you give them that advice. And that is mentioned in various narrations of the Quran and the Sunnah. 
In the Quran it is mentioned إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْتُمُونَ مَا أَنزَلْنَا مِنَ الْبَيِّنَاتِ وَالْهُدَى مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا بَيَّنَّاهُ لِلنَّاسِ فِي الْكِتَابِ أُولَئِكَ يَلْعَنُهُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَلْعَنُهُمُ اللَّاعِنُونَ That those who hide what we have revealed to them from the clear proofs and the guidance after, after we have clarified it to the people in the book then those ones Allah curses them and the ones who curse, curse them. So the one who hides the truth, الحق, the one who hides and conceals the truth, nasiha, and he hides and conceals the advice, للناس, and he does not clarify it to the people, غاش, this person is a deceitful one. He's deceitful then if he's not giving that rightful advice to the people. وَيَسْتَحِقُّ مِنَ اللَّهِ اللَّعَنَاتِ And he deserves the curse from Allah. وَهَذَا يَتَحَتَّمُ عَلَى مَنْ عِنْدَهُ مَعْرِفَ بِالْحَقِّ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ And this is something which is a must upon the people who have knowledge of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. That they must clarify to the people. And يُبَيَّنَ لِلنَّاسِ الْحَقِّ الْعَقَائِدَ الصَّحِيحَةِ To clarify to the people the correct aqeedah. And to clarify to them what the wrong aqeedah is. وَالْحَلَالِ وَالْحَرَامِ and to clarify to the people what is halal and what is haram, and to clarify to the people what is good and righteous and what is evil and wrong. And to clarify to the people what is sunnah and what is innovation. And to clarify to the people what is guidance and what is misguidance. This is a great responsibility upon the students of knowledge. This is what the Shaykh says. This is a great responsibility upon the students of knowledge. And the inheritors of the prophets, the scholars, the people of knowledge. Because Allah did not send the prophets and the messengers except for them to clarify to the people the truth from the falsehood, not to go there and conceal the truth and hide the truth and let people do whatever corruption and wrong, but to clarify to them the truth and to clarify and warn them against the false. So this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the prophets and the messengers. But the shaykh says, This concealment, Hiding the truth, it is found from many people today. Amongst the people of desires and innovation. Amongst the people of desires and innovation, you find that they conceal the truth. And particularly those people who innovate politically, etc. The ones who keep saying, نَجْمَعُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَفَقَطْ that we will unite all of the Muslims. These are the types of things they say to you. We will get all of the Muslims together. We'll give them all da'wah. We'll unite them all. So by doing that, they hide some of the truth. They don't tell the people, this person is wrong and he shouldn't be going to him because they want to keep going to their mosque as well. They want to keep giving them da'wah as they say. They cooperate with the people of innovation and they remain silent on them because they don't want to lose the audience. Now you have this example of GLM because people are so confused by it. We always mention that example or these types of examples 
Because GLM and these people, they come and they say to you, we're studying Salafiyah, we're teaching Salafiyah. But they bring to you people like Kamal Makki, and he comes and does tricks, and he comes and flies up in the air. And he says, oh, this is halal, this isn't magic. He does it. He stands there and he does a trick to show people that he's flying up in the air, a trick. And he says, halal, this is halal, you can do this. Who told you this is haram? And he does other magic tricks and he says, these are not real magic, they're just tricks, so they're halal. And GLM bring this type of person to their stage and they put him in front of the youth and they say to the youth, this is Sheikh Kamal Makki. When they do these types of things and this type of misguidance and they carry on bringing people from Al-Maghrib Institute and their own people, their own speakers from Birmingham are members of Al-Maghrib Institute but then at the same time, they want to tell us that they are calling to Salafiyah. Is Al-Maghrib Institute calling to Salafiyah? Yasir Qadi himself says he's not Salafi. So when these people do these types of things, we will clarify to the people. We will not hide the truth. We will not be apologetic. We will not say it's okay, just stay quiet because you want to give them da'wah. How is that giving them da'wah? You're deceiving them now. You're deceiving them. You're letting them think it's okay. You can listen to Al-Maghrib speakers as well. It's okay. GLM is okay. They bring Al-Maghrib speakers to you. Go listen to them. It's okay. That is deceit. You are deceiving those people by not telling them the truth. Tell them the truth. Tell them these people are not calling to Salafiyah. Al-Maghrib and their magic jokers and everything. They are not calling to Salafiyah. They are calling to concerts and to entertainment and to jokes and comedy. That's what their da'wah is. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, da'wah is not given through comedy. So we will warn the people against these types of individuals and we will make it clear as sincere advice to people, sincere advice to people. Do not go and sit with those individuals and don't take your religion from these people because they will misguide you. They will take you to people like Al-Maghrib, they'll take you to people like Al-Kawthar Institute, they will take you to people like Ihya Turath, Adnan Abdul Qadir and all these people and he then goes on and starts talking about Abdul Rahman Abdul Khaliq praising all these innovators even Shaykh Al-Bani refuted when they do all of these types of things then they will be warned against because that is the sincere advice anybody who wants to try to claim otherwise then they need to bring their proof anybody who wants to claim no you have to stay silent on these innovations you have to stay silent on these deviations of theirs how? bring the proof Bring the proof and tell us why we have to stay silent on people like Al-Maghrib. Why do we have to stay silent on people like Tawfiq Chaudhry, which the scholars say is a Mubtadi'ah. And yet they bring him and put him in GLM mosque and they say to everybody, Sheikh Tawfiq Chaudhry. Al-Maghrib Institute, Yasir Qadi himself says, not Salafi. They bring them and they say, Sheikh Salafi is upon the Sunnah. Magic tricks. Can you even believe that? This man, he stands there and he pretends to fly up. He does some trick where it looks like he's flying. He says to people, these magicians, whatever their names are, Angel and Rock and all these people, whoever they are, he says, I can do all of the magic that they do. Kamal Makki. He says, I can do all of the tricks these guys do. I can do it all as well. It's nothing. This is the type of person you want to educate your youth with all of this magic and all of this nonsense. Those people who stay silent on these individuals claiming that they are giving da'wah, then in reality they are deceiving the people. Because now people will end up going and listening to Kamal Makki and Al-Maghrib Institute and Yasir Qadi, Al-Kawthar Institute and they will be misguided away from Salafiyah. Where is your da'wah? How are you giving them da'wah then? When you are staying silent and allowing them to be misguided. 
So those types of people, we will warn against them. This is the da'wah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the da'wah of the Salaf. We will not sit here silently or apologetically, rather it is from the nasiha, ad-deenun nasiha. It is from the loving for your brother what you love for yourself. Love for your brother that he is upon guidance, just as you are upon guidance. You've now realized magic is haram completely. And you've realized how foolish this man Kamal Waki is. Then tell the people as well, don't go to him and don't listen to him. Tell them, you know that. You love for your brother the same thing. To be guided and stay away from this foolishness. Then advise and tell them. As for the one who comes along and says he won't do that. Then that type of person is a deceiver. That type of person is upon the deceit. The one who remains quiet and his mouth is closed because he fears he will lose his position with GLM. He will lose his position with those deviants of Abu Usama, etc. Those people are upon the deceit. Rather, we will openly tell the people, do not listen to magic. Do not listen to Kamal Maki and these deviated individuals. Do not listen to those people who praise Yasser Qardawi and they praise other deviated individuals of that nature that Sheikh Fawzan has refuted and other scholars have refuted. So here the Sheikh says, it is not permissible to hide or to conceal any truth that you are aware of. The truth that you are aware of, you tell the people and you clarify to the people so that you can try to bring them to that truth with wisdom. Use wisdom and use your hikmah and speak to them in a good way if that is required in that situation, depending on who the person is. But try to give them that da'wah to bring them to the truth. Then after that, he goes on to say, Wallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala, Sami'un basir, Sami'un alim, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears and sees and knows. Yadahu mabsutatan, his two hands are outstretched. Qad alima anna al khalqa ya'asunahu qabla an yakhluqahum. He knew that the creation would disobey him before he had even created them. Alima ilmuhu nafidun fihim. His knowledge is affective, operative upon them. فَلَمْ يَمْنَعْهُ عِلْمُهُ فِيهِمْ أَنْ هَدَاهُمْ لِلْإِسْلَامِ وَمَنَّ بِهِ عَلَيْهِمْ كَرَمًا وَجُودًا وَتَفَضُّلًا فَلَهُ الْحَمْدِ So he knew Allah that these people, some of them would disobey him. And they would even before he created them. His knowledge is affective upon them. His knowledge of them did not prevent him from guiding them to Islam. He blessed them with it out of his generosity, liberality and favor. So all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is like we mentioned about the decree. His knowledge, it encompasses everything. So Allah knew what the creation were going to do even before he created them. As we said, 50,000 years before the decree was decreed, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already or knew uh, before the creation had been created rather. 50,000 years before the creation had been created, Allah had written the decree and He knew of all that, that which was to occur. Yet despite that, Allah guided the people and gave them the guidance uh, from His virtue, from His uh, generosity, that the people, they get the revelation and they accept that revelation and they follow that revelation. And then in the final section here, يقال أبشر يا حبيب الله برضا الله والجنة ويقال أبشر يا عدو الله بغضب الله والنار ويقال أبشر يا عباد الله بالجنة بعد الإسلام هذا قول ابن عباس Know that there are three forms, three statements that will be said to you, three glad tidings or types of tidings 
that will be given to somebody who dies. It will be said to him, receive good tidings, O beloved one of Allah, because uh, you have Allah's pleasure and paradise. Or it will be said, receive the evil tidings, the bad tidings, O enemy of Allah, Allah's anger and the fire. Or it will be said, receive the tidings, O servant of Allah, of paradise due to Islam. So this is something that was mentioned from Ibn Abbas. هناك أحاديث جاءت أن المؤمن لا يموت حتى يرى مقعده من الجنة ومقعده من النار والكافر كذلك. There are some narrations which say that a person will not die uh, until he actually at that moment sees his place in paradise or his place in hell. And the disbeliever similarly. And it will be said to them, this is your place in the fire because you disobeyed Allah or this is your place in paradise because you obeyed Allah. And it will be said to the kafir, this is your place in paradise if you had become a believer. And this is your place in hellfire because you persisted upon your disbelief. So this is something which is mentioned that at the time of death, these tidings will be given to the people. Glad tidings or bad tidings, depending upon the position of that person and what he had done during his lifetime. That is where we'll conclude today. And that is approximately now half of the book, Sharh Sunnah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين